0: Welcome back to the multi-channel reseller podcast. This is Joshua Esters and I'm back again with another episode for you. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for all the uh, the new, new listeners coming through and all the permanent collection listeners who are still here. I appreciate it all. And um, let's get into this episode. So <clears throat> I have somewhat of a head start on the night so um, i'm gonna try to make it quick but you know what that means when i say i'm gonna make it quick it's going to end up the same amount of time as usual but um but yeah so i I got somewhat of a head start and i want to get some things you know a head start in the evening and i want to get some things done before i hit the sack but um we shall see we shall see um, this, this episode, this episode, you know, entitled is entitled, uh, the name of the game is stay in the game. So the name of the game is stay in the game. And what I mean by that is, is the, the, the purpose of me, um, talking about this is, <clears throat> I want you to have the right expectations. And I think a lot of times, a lot of entrepreneurs, when they come into a business opportunity, they have, you know, they have expectations. I know we've all fallen victim to having expectations and sometimes the wrong expectations of what we should receive out of a business opportunity. But the name of the game Is stay in the game. So what I mean by that is. It's not to. The name of the game is not to. Make a million dollars. The name of the game. Is not to quit your job. The name of the game. Is to not be. Financially free. Those are all byproducts. Of staying in the game. Having consistency in the game getting better at the game continue playing in the game so the name of the game is basically don't go bankrupt you know don't go bankrupt don't get injured (laughs) you know don't do anything that will get you out of the game and not only that is um, to stay in the game and be in the game at all costs no matter what's going on. So, the game, you know, if you, if you haven't caught on already, the game is, you know, entrepreneurship, uh, but more specifically, what we do, you know, the business, you know, and, and particularly you know, e commerce, for example. Not for example, but that's what, you know, that's what we do here, the e commerce. But it can, be, it can be applied to any business model or business opportunity that you're pursuing so at all costs don't do anything that will keep you out of the game and at all costs be in the game no matter what's going on outside of you right so being determined to stay in the game so i'll use myself as as an example uh It didn't matter what was going on, you know, there were periods of time, you know, periods of time where uh, difficult things were happening around me. You know, people were saying certain things or, um, you know, life was happening, but I still chose this path, right? I still chose this path. Uh, There was one time where I had to stop and I'm talking about e-commerce, my e-commerce journey, there was a period of time that I did have to stop. And, uh, it was related to, uh it was related to me, uh, dealing with my family, not dealing with my family, but taking care of my family, uh, uprooting them. Well, I wouldn't say uprooting them, but, um, you know, taking my family from one location and moving to a new location. Okay. So that slowed my start down originally. And, um, and also, during that same time, I had another business opportunity. I was exiting. So I was exiting out of a business opportunity. At the same time, I started e-commerce. But I was still dealing with that exit. So I had to, I had to stop. You know, I had to stop, and um, I stopped for probably about four months completely. So I was still doing a little bit, a little bit of, a little bit of uh, e-commerce. At the time, I was doing retail arbitrage. This is like the second half of two thousand seventeen. I was doing some retail arbitrage, and then I uh, moved my family from one location to another location. In January of the following year, and at that point I had stopped all together because I, I, you know, I was doing retar- arbitrage. At you know, where, at my old residence or old area of location or whatever. And then when I got to the new area, I was focusing on. Uh, I had transferred a job. I had transferred my, my job. I was working a job. I transferred from one location to the new location where I moved to. It was a different state, so I was focusing on settling down there and and e-commerce was constantly on the back of my mind like I need to get started back on that but I was still you know just just you know just trying to get my roots in to my to the new state, new location, you know, acquiesce to the new job or you know, the new location where I worked. Uh and you know adjusting my family, you know, things like that. Um but e-commerce was always in the back of my mind like I need to start back up. And I eventually started back up. I think that was uh, June when I got fired from that job. So from January to June, I did stop. There was things that was, that was going on. Um, but I did stop with the intention of starting back up. And, uh, you know, that may be a situation for you for whatever reason. But, you know, make sure you start back up, though. You know, make sure you start back up. And from that from that point on, that's it, it. Didn't matter what was going on. It didn't matter how many babies I was having. I mean, as you know, I you know I have been, had, had many births since that time up until now. I've worked every birthday. I worked every birth. I worked every, you know. I worked. You know. I chose this path, and um, people might think like, oh man, that's that's miserable. You know, it's miserable, and I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. You know. If you don't, re- if you don't, if you've never had a business that paid you and you didn't have to work a job, you don't, re- you, you don't really understand how this works. You know, you don't really understand how this works. And actually it worked beautifully. You know, like I, I'll say like for my last, uh, when I had my twins back in 2000, what, uh, 18, what was that? Not, not, excuse me, 2020, um, the way it worked is, you know, I, when I say when I say I worked, it just means I fulfilled some orders, right? So bam, fulfill my orders, bam for the uh, get them set up for the next day. That's what I mean by working. I'm not working like eight hour shifts. Like I'm literally like working like maybe an hour or two, max, two hours. But <clears throat> get that, get my shipment out. Babies are born. Come back the next day. Get back to work. You know, basically fulfilling orders. Now I did. Uh, uh, there were maybe like 80% of the things that I would usually do I did not do, but I made sure the money kept coming in because the money is fulfilling the orders, right? F- fulfilling the orders and, you know, buying inventory when, I, when, when I'm getting low. I mean, that doesn't require much. I mean, I can do that from my phone, buying inventory. But fulfilling the orders, I do have to do that. You know, birthdays, all that stuff, you know, it, it's just fulfilling the orders. It's been an hour, hour and a half. Make my three hundred dollars that night, bam. You know, for an hour and a half of work, that's that's good. You know, so uh, this this <clears throat> this business opportunity allows something like that. You know, e-commerce allows something like that. And then you know, if, if you're doing like drop shipping or if you're doing FBA, obviously you don't have to touch your inventory. Um, but that doesn't mean there's no work for you to do. But I'm just saying, you know, um, I don't do the work that drop shippers do. Uh, and FBA people do. Uh, there's still work you have to do. Just because you're not fulfilling orders <clears throat> doesn't mean it's not work. Uh, but in my, in my case, I'm fulfilling orders, and I'm, not, and I'm not doing other work, right? So I can spend an hour and a half and uh, not miss a birth, not miss a birthday, not miss anything. I don't have, I don't miss anything. But I still work consistently, consistently, consistently. So I, you know, um. I don't even know how I got on this tangent, but, um, yeah. So yeah, the name of the game is to stay in the game. And what I'm going to talk about, um, from this point on in in this episode are some of the reasons, some of the reasons why I think you should think this way. See, you should think this way. For these reasons I'm getting ready to list out. The problem that a lot of, you know, would-be entrepreneurs and currently current entrepreneurs as well is they're trying to make it big. You know, they're trying to make it big all the time. And it's not about that. Making it big is a byproduct. So a lot of the reasons why people go into business, they go into business to get byproducts of the thing that they should be thinking about, which is staying in the game. So I have a list of mindsets, a list of mindsets, uh, three mindsets that we're going to go over that uh, fall under the umbrella of staying in the game. And um, let's get into it. All right. So <clears throat> the 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 first one that I have, they're in, no, they're in no particular order. So the first one I have is uh, is what I titled "Earn as You Learn." Okay. So you get in the game. And you want to earn as you learn. So not get in to make a million dollars. Not get in to be location independent right off the bat. Not get in to be financially free. Those are byproducts. But you want to earn as you learn. Now, some of you may know where I got this concept from. That this concept comes from multi-level marketing. You know, which I despise. But... I got my, one of my early businesses was a multi-level marketing business. Um, and it did change my life. It changed my life 100%. And I do admire a lot of these multi-level, multi-level marketing businesses for the fact that they have um, they have business down to a science. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, that's where I got the concept from. I, I, that's where I first heard it. You know, I was uh 17, my first multi-level marketing business that I entered was at 17, you know. So I was doing business under my mother's name because I couldn't obviously operate business under my name. I was a minor. So, you know, you go to these meetings and all this stuff, right? And um, like I said, you know, it, it did change my life, you know, for the better. And it taught me a whole lot. But one of the first things that always... Stood out to me, and I always will remember, is earn as you learn. Or you can say it the other way, I think. Learn as you earn. Yeah, but I like earn as you learn. And in the multi level marketing at that time, or, you know, I'm sure it's the same way now, is they're like, you know, you don't have to, you know, study every single thing and then go out to make money. So that was a, that was a new concept for me. I never really understood. I never really thought about that. You know, I was always, uh, um, at that, by that time I was, a uh, um, I was a, I was a, um, I was a person that read, you know, I read a lot and I read a lot of books. I studied a lot of stuff outside of school and I really enjoyed reading by this time point um, by this time and I was like oh well yeah sure yeah you know so it, it, that's the reason why it probably stuck with me because I was like now I wasn't uh, learning to eventually earn but that probably would have been my my um, my knee-jerk reaction you know if I did not hear this concept my, my knee-jerk reaction would have been learn as much as you could before you go out and start doing things, okay, so, um, so yeah, so in in multi-level marketing, you know, you want to, you know, you don't have to learn everything, do everything, you want to, you know, just bring people to the meetings, or, you know, get people on the phone with your, uh, with your higher ups, or whatever, and they'll do all the talking, right, and then if they sign up, you've just earned while you learned, right, but, I take that concept and I've applied it with me ever since that, that time. And that was pretty much the beginning of my entrepreneurial career is if you have a chance to earn as you learn, if you if your opportunity allows you to do that, by all means do it. And that's what, uh, e-commerce had, had, had allowed me when I first started, I, I didn't know. of the things that I know now, you know, all I knew, you know, back then was retail arbitrage when I first started. All I knew was I'm going to scan these products and if it's on my scanner app, if it's a profit, I'll send it in the FBA. That was all I knew, you know, and I had to learn how to do FBA and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and I was doing it while I was making money. So I was learning as I was earning so you want to uh, keep that in mind when you're, uh, executing on your business opportunity is you're, Oh, you're here to learn. Okay. That's the, everything you're doing is for the purpose of learning, learning the business. There's no way that I don't even know everything that I need to know about e-commerce. I mean, shit. If you let li- you, 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 you listen to my podcast. Right, and I mean i I from my perspective, just I'm like i'm talking I'm hearing myself, i'm like there there are a limited number of things that I know now, it just happens to be that those limited un- things that I understand and know are the things that make me money and are the things that work very well, and it's because that i I laser focused on these certain areas and I learned them while I was making money. And as I learned them, I started making more money, right? I started making more money because I'm starting execute executing on the things that I know. But it's only a few lanes that I'm in or only a few lanes that I fully understand about being an online merchant. It just happens to be the things that I know are the things that matter, um and that that is not to say that what I don't know does not matter. That's not to say that, but what I'm saying is it matters to my what I do know matters to my bottom line to the point where you know i'm i'm okay i'm I'm good now I'm gonna keep expounding on learning as I'm earning to you know increase my bottom line, increase my expertise, increase my know how and you know and all of it leads to making more money okay but um let me give you one more example of earning as you learn from my experience let me see let me pull something out here um a really a really big one for me um that i can think of right now a really big thing that i had to um learn and i made i made money while i was learning it was um was shipping when i transitioned from fba to multi-channel i um there was a there was somewhat of a of a uh, of a hesit of a hesitancy of shipping right cuz i didn't know how to price my items and i'm specifically talking about ebay poshmark was a lot simpler and it still is uh which is why i still do poshmark um ebay was e- ebay and uh amazon somewhat you know because amazon you, i just did fba for the most part amazon but when i did get a taste of merchant fulfilled uh i um that sparked something in me it sparks it sparked a lot in me and, and it, it, it kind of sparked the the beginnings of of where i am today but um but ebay more specifically, I had a lot of hesitancy, and 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 if you talk to if you talk to any uh, FBA seller, if you talk to them about selling on eBay, they're gonna they'll look at you sideways, you know. They're like, uh you know, probably with their hands up, like, you know, because that's one of the things that you don't have to worry about when you're an FBA seller is you don't have to worry about how shipping works. And that's where I was coming from. And I was coming from the FBA world. So shipping was a problem, you know, for me. And it was a hesitancy for me. But I decided to throw my hat out there anyway. Right. And um, I had to figure out um, shipping. I mean, it just it's, it's really that simple. Uh, well, it wasn't that simple, but I just had to figure out shipping It's simple, but it's not simple. You know, what I'm saying is simple, but what I actually did was not simple. Um, so I had to figure out what is the best way to package the items I was selling. And at the time I was selling, um, different kinds of items and I wasn't all the way niched um so the items that I sold were different. And what I mean by that is one of the benefits of niching down in a particular, you know, niche is once you figure out the shipping for your particular items, you don't have to figure out shipping for other items. You know, you just you just understand what you what you need to understand with what you sell, you know. But if you're a seller with multiple items and different niches and different brands and all this kind of stuff, you're going to have to have shipping supplies that are varied and it's, it's different. You know, I didn't know anything about, you know, first class and priority mail and, and you know, um, uh, weight and all this kind of stuff. Right. Because the difference between, um, first class and the difference between priority mail is, is huge as far as cost is concerned. And the difference between, um, you know, uh, priority mail, a two pound priority mail and a, and a three pound priority mail, um, hugely different in terms of cost. And if you have an item that that's priced, um, if you have an item that's priced, um, and you're not charging enough to include your cost of shipping, you're going to be in trouble, um, so it just took a long time for me to figure it out. It took me a long time, quite a bit of time and I knew I was making money. I I came up with a formula uh where I would make money, you know, uh, regardless of what the shipping was cuz so I knew the shipping wasn't exceeding a certain uh, dollar amount cuz I was under uh, a certain weight class. And you know, as time went on, I stopped selling multiple niches. I just started just focusing on one niche. And most of my items are two pounds and under. I I rarely have an item that's over three pounds, unless it's a seasonal item. But um, it took me a long time to figure out, okay, so 12 ounces is this price. Eight ounces is this price. One pound and under is this price. You know, two pounds is this price. Uh, uh, Flat rate is this price. You know, legal flat rate, padded flat rate. Um, you know, all these different things, you know, it, 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 I didn't, I didn't learn. I only learned by doing, you know, there wasn't anybody that I learned from, there wasn't any videos that I learned from or anything like that. <clears throat> and I was, I'll tell you there's one, um, one, one thing that I really look back and I kind of cringe on was, um, when I first started, uh, eBay, I was doing all, <clears throat> I was doing all economy shipping i didn't know what economy shipping was i just knew it was the cheapest option to select from and i just selected it i selected it and i printed the label out and then i would get these uh these messages from from potential buyers or not potential buyers i would get these messages from the customers constantly asking where's my order where's my order where's my order so i was just always answering that question where's my order and that's what i learned it took me a long it took me a while to figure it out but I eventually learned that, oh, economy shipping generally takes longer than, uh, priority mail shipping. You know, priority mail shipping is two to three business days. Economy shipping could be four to 10 business days or something like that, you know, and people were getting, I was getting, you know, bad reviews and all this kind of stuff because it just took forever for the products to get there. And, um, and I had to, now, I was making money. I was earning because I was paying very low shipping. But then that was when I, oh, okay, I, I got to go to Priority Mail. Now, I paid more. I paid probably like $3, 4 5 more per item uh, to, to sell in Priority Mail shipping. And um, so I was making less money, but I was getting less headaches. And then maybe like a year or two later, about maybe... Uh, I don't know. A year a year or two later, I was drop I was dropping my packages off at the post office. This is I wasn't doing pickups at this time. I was I would I would leave the house and drop my packages off at the post office. And the person working there said, Hey, try this. Try this out. This 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 uh packaging. You should try this packaging. I didn't try it. Okay. I didn't um uh I didn't try it. It was months and months and months until i looked at it and i said hey let me try this packaging and then when i looked it up it was three dollars cheaper to ship in the packaging that she gave me opposed to the packaging that i was uh regularly shipping already so i was saving about three uh about three dollars on every single sale. and um you multiply that out that's a lot of savings because one of my business one of my biggest expenses is Shipping. I think that's my business, My biggest expense is shipping. Um, spend thousands of dollars. I think that last year it was like spend down near fifty thousand dollars or something like that on shipping. You know, so um, so yeah. So that whole process of me learning how to ship what I what I sell and and knowing how to ship that was literally that took me about uh, three maybe three years for me to figure out. Um, what I'm doing now so what I'm doing now it was a three year process it didn't take me three years to figure it out it was just a three year process I mean it just, there were just certain things that I did not know to even look for you know but I was still making money I was still earning as I was learning you know but <clears throat> yeah so um, yeah that's, that's what that was that's what that was Alright, cool. So let's let's move on to the second thing. So the second thing, the second concept or mindset under the name of the, the, the name of the game is to stay in the game. Is you wanna think about these things when you're when you're uh, <clears throat> like these these are just like these are the things you want to aspire for or aspire to when you're in business. You want to earn as you learn. And the second thing I'm gonna call. Private business insider trading. So private business insider trading. All right. So uh, so insider trading is illegal, right? So insider trading is illegal. Uh, and for those who don't know what insider trading is, it's basically where you're trading your shares of stock. Say, if, like, if you work for a company or if you're the owner of a company, a public company, that's the key thing, public companies. If it's a public company company and you're acting on knowledge and, you know, you're a worker there or you're an owner there and you're acting on knowledge that benefits you, uh, you're acting on buying more stock or selling your stock based on knowledge that you have and the public does not have, that's illegal, you know, because you're a publicly traded company. So you have to... Uh, uh, use the same information that everybody else has. You have to publicly state the information that you know the stock price is going to go down before you start selling your stock, right? Which is why, that's one of the reasons why Martha Stewart went went to jail, you know, years ago. Those who know about that, a little old lady, right, did some insider trading, you know, and she went to prison. It was a nice prison, but she still went to prison, and um you can't do that right in a public company but in a private company you have no obligation to the public in that form okay so that's why i'm calling it private business insider trading so you want to be in a position where you are you are building a competitive advantage And the thing is, you may be building a competitive advantage without even knowing it, you know? But you can only build a competitive advantage if you're staying in the game. Okay, if you're in the game and then out the game and then in the game again, then out again, or you're in for a little bit, then you stay out, you can't really understand some of the inside shit that's happening, okay? Or there is just something that you learn. that maybe your competitors may not have gotten a hold of yet. And in 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 the situation that I the example that I gave you previously about the shipping, about how I saved $3 by using this certain the using this certain shipping supply or this certain shipping uh packaging from USPS, how it saved me $3. <clears throat> my competitors, I don't think they caught on to that, and if they did, it's not a lot of them. Now, I don't really have like, um, I don't really. No, I, I don't want to say that because that, that it can be argued. I was gonna say I don't really have too many direct competitors, but if you really look at it, everything and everybody is a competitor. So, but but realistically, if the people who are um selling the exact s- or the or the sim- a similar item or a similar uh product that i'm selling um i don't think if if we're gonna you know say that which we can we can't say that if we're gonna say that then yeah i don't think there's too many of them who um who who have gotten this i this this uh, who caught on to this cost saving and shipping, all right. And the reason why I say that, and I could be a hundred percent wrong. I, I honestly I don't know a hundred percent, but I'm only saying that because when I go through some of um, I, which I don't do often, I don't really look at my com- quote unquote competitors and all that kind of stuff. There's like there's a, there's only one person who I look at, and I really look at them. But I, I look at them because they are they are a direct competitor. They are a direct competitor. And I used to be like, you know what? I'm cool being Pepsi. You know, they, they Coke, I'm Pepsi, I'm cool with it, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they may be doing twice as many, twice if not three times. Actually, they're probably doing about twice as many sales as me on a daily basis. And, and you know, and, and I'm like, that's cool. I don't, I don't really, I want to get there at my pace. You know, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm just cool being Pepsi. All right. I used to think like that, but I'm starting to think like, you know what? I'm, I might just have to start coming for their neck. You know what I'm saying? I, I might just have to really compete because I need that bag. You know what I'm saying? I, I want that bag. And if there's no one else going to do it, it might as well be me. I mean, I'm literally the the, the next person in line. Who can really take them down. When I say take them down, I don't mean take them down lit like, oh, I'm trying to, you know, close their shop or something like that. No, no, no. It's just like I can, I think I can excel. I can think I think I can um pass them up. It's gonna take some time. But they have uh they have twice as many reviews as I do. Now here's here, here now I'm going on a side a side tangent a little bit, but here's what I did notice that they even though they have twice as many sales as um, I do on on uh, on on a particular platform that I sell on, um, they don't have twice as many followers as I do. And I I saw this I think maybe yesterday or two days ago and I, I when I noticed this I was like hmm. Now, I understand why they, um, they're doing better than me in that, sen- in, 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 in that sense of sales. I understand why. And I, I, I have not been able to um, uh, not replicate because I'm not trying to, you know, duplicate what they're doing. But my style is probably less appealing than their style. I would say that. Now, I have a professional style, but they have a different, they have a certain look, right? They have a certain look, a certain style of how they're, how they're uh, you know, their backdrop and what their photos and all that kind of stuff. They have, they have a totally different style. Now, my style, honestly, and, and, and honestly, it's, it's the only thing that they have over me is their look, you know? And, and maybe they're matching me with customer service. I mean, I'm sure they're pretty nice people over there. Um... Um, but one of the things I forgot about my, about my store and my shop and my style or whatever, uh, is I remember somewhat early on, I used to get a lot of compliments from potential customers, people who, who just messaged me like, I love your store. Now I that I, I was, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying no one else gets that, but in relation to, um the reason why they don't have twice as many followers as uh I do. I have like maybe 80 maybe 80% of their I have a, um uh, what, how do I say this? We we have almost the same amount of followers. But yet yet they uh you can tell they do twice as much action as I do. You can tell just based on some of the the things I've been, you know, um, it's based off reviews. You know, I can, I can tell based on their reviews and my reviews, the number of reviews we have. Um, and I think people, uh, when people find me, they, t- they tend to get a little hooked because just my style. My style is just like, it, it's different. You know what I'm saying? It's unique and people like it. And one of the things that makes my store, well, it used to make my store unique was I used to offer seasonal items as well as my main products. You know, I used, I used, I used to do that. I don't really have um, too many seasonal items in my, my main stores too much anymore. Uh, or not, uh, That's not true. I, 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 I take them off some of the platforms. And then I turn them. I keep them turned on on Amazon because Amazon, you know, Amazon's Amazon. So I'm gonna sell seasonal items during the year there. eBay, I got some seasonal items there. Um, Etsy, not so much, if at all. But um, but yeah, eBay and 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 uh, and Poshmark. Poshmark, I do well. I do I do not do really well, but I do pretty decent with seasonal items on Poshmark. Better than I imagined or thought would occur. And, um, I, I look at, like on Poshmark, you can look at your, like, if I look at, if I scroll down in my closet on Poshmark, I get to see all the listings I used to have. I'm like, man, my, 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 my shop used to just like, it just look used to look amazing just because of the, the variety of products that I used to have. I used to have just a, uh, just a variety. It was just, it was just beautiful, you know, and, and. Um, not so much now. Now it's more like it's it's really more focused and niched. My my, my product selection, I kind of cut out the seasonal stuff a little bit, a lot more than before. And it's not that much flavor in that aspect. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, um, even without the seasonal items, there's a certain style that I have, and pe- people sense it. People who get it get it, and then they 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 follow they follow me. You know. Um but yeah anyways uh I didn't even get into the to the whole private business trading thing. So uh let's get into it. So private business insider trading. <clears throat> um like I said, the last example about the the shipping how I saved $3 on every pretty much almost every item that I um that I that I sold that's somewhat of an insider you know, thing, and, oh, 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 Uh, let me, I I remember where where I left off, um, the reason why I think my competitors, um, have not caught on to, uh, the shipping efficiency that I was able to get hip to, was because, uh, some, some of them, you know, they, um, I, 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 watch, I watch people how they price their items. People don't price their items right. They, they price them way too high. Like, I'm not like a price gouger. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I mean, I have a formula that I follow, and I follow that formula. Now, I deviate, you know, it's plus or minus margin of error, a couple of dollars here and there. Um, but I have a formula for how I price my items. But look at some of my competitors. My main competitor, I'll, I'll, I'll say my main competitor specifically, I look, I look at some of their items some of their items are um, cost plus shipping all right so um, I am a free ship a free shipping seller now I do have maybe have a few items that are um, price price plus shipping but mostly everything I have is free shipping now it just means that I price the shipping in with my with my price but anyways now uh, my competitors, and my main competitors, some of some of them, some of their products are price plus shipping. And I noticed they charge, um, they charge the maximum. You know, they charge the maximum. Um, I can tell they're not using, they're not using the, uh, the cost saving shipping option. Because the cost of their shipping that they're charging customers are really high. Or, you know or not really high, but they're the cost that it would be under the normal shipping. Okay. So, um, so because I'm able to sh- ship at a efficient price, I don't lower my price, but when I do lower my price, uh, for whatever reason, maybe a product doesn't sell well or something like that, it it doesn't hurt me. But, but, um, but I still price the same way, but I make more money, obviously. <clears throat> but, um, I see how they price their shipping and they're not, they're not, uh, they're not using the cost efficient shipping that I'm using. And you might think like, well, how, how did they not find that out? Well, well, I mean, look how I found out. I found out just by someone, the, the post the post office person just saying, Hey, try this. They just gave me the package, uh, the packaging and said, hey, you know, try it. I mean, if, if you don't know, you don't know. I mean, unless you're really like playing with the USPS website and you're trying, I I don't even know how you would do that. I don't even know how you would do that. So, um, yeah, I mean, you don't find out, you don't find out. And then when you do find out, you do find out just that simple. I mean, you have to have experience. So, so you, you build up a competitive advantage and you're able to, uh, trade, you know, or make sales or whatever. Based off that insider information. Now, that's information I am not going to make public. I'm not going to make that public. Because so if I make it public, then my competitors could do what I'm doing. All right. <clears throat> now, another thing. Okay. Another another example of maybe private business insider trading. So let me let me just define define it a little bit. Because I didn't do really, I didn't really do that before. It's basically is when you come across a piece of information that makes you money, basically. That's not public information, okay? It's not public information. It's something you came you came across and you're not obligated to, you know, tell the world, right? Because you're a private business. You're not a public business. You're a private business. If you're a public business, then you have to do that. You have to tell the world. So <clears throat> you start building your competitive advantage, right? So... Um, one of the th- one of the things is the the information you get from your customers, okay? The complaints you get from your customers, the uh, what they like, what the things that they like, the things that they dislike. You get all of that data and all of that information to make decisions on your products, okay? Or on all your product or on your products, and it takes time to to do all of it. To do any of this, you know, to to get any type of competitive advantage, it can take time. And you don't really know where it's going to come from, right? You don't know if it's going to come from maybe cost efficiency with your shipping. You don't know if it's going to come from uh, a customer saying, um, uh, hey, you know, uh, uh, the quality of this particular product you're selling isn't the best like something he's breaking or something like that right but your competitors are selling so now the thing the thing is like sometimes customers don't you know they don't they don't always tell you what the problem is but if you okay let me let me let me let me let me try to give a tangible example okay so very early on i had an issue on poshmark very early on in, in, in my multi-channel when I pivoted to multi-channel, I was a Poshmark and a customer opened a case on me saying, Hey, this wasn't, this is, not, this is not as you described it. I didn't, you didn't describe, I didn't receive what you described in your description. And I said, huh? Okay. You're right. And I, I didn't, I didn't think twice about it because I was just pulling the data off of the uh, you know, I was, I was, product I was buying wholesale. I was just pulling the data off the wholesale website, copy and pasting it, putting it in my description. And that's what everybody else did too. People who were selling the same item um, from the same wholesaler. And then once I got wind of that, I switched up my, my strategy and I said, okay, now for each product that I buy that's like this from the wholesaler, Uh, for each product that I buy for for this for this for that particular product and every other product that I bought from that wholesaler I need to take a picture of this I need to take a picture of this thing whatever this you know I'm not going to say exactly what it was but I'm going to take a picture of this thing on each product okay and then I did that never had an issue ever again like that issue. Okay. Now. that That's not to say that. Oh you know my competitor. Would not be able to figure that out too. But the only way they would figure that out. Is if somebody complained to them. And not all customers complain. You know. Not all customers complain. And even when a customer complains. Not all sellers. Correct their actions. So I mean that's a small thing you can do you know it's it's very small but it, it changed it changed it actually changed my entire business it changed my entire business because what it what it what it made me do it made me do is it made me become a um a product photographer you know i wasn't intending to but now i'm like okay i need to make sure i have these photos okay and um, I need to make sure I have certain photos. So now I make sure I have certain photos of a lot of my products. And um, at that time, I had a professional camera. I had just bought maybe a, the year before, something like that, <clears throat> with the intention of, um, what was my intention of with that camera? I think to do videos or something like that, to do videos, YouTube or something like that, which I you know, can never get around to yet. But um <clears throat> But that gave me um, a competitive advantage right then and there. Me having a professional camera, not saying you can't do it with a non-professional camera, but I had a professional camera and, um, and it, it allowed me to take certain photos. And now that I, uh, I do things that my competitors were not willing to do because it takes more time. So it gave me a competitive advantage. It took more time to take pictures. It took more, it took more time to do that. And, and, and I have to organize them and, and I have to, you know, and and, 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 and nowadays, um, like I still, you know, I still do product photography and there's a, certain, there's a whole process to it, you know, and I'm doing something that my competitors are not willing to do. And therefore, I am. Uh, therefore, you know, I give the sales that I get, you know, what I'm saying so, you know, in the niche that I'm in. Right. um. So, you know, you want to, you, you the, the private, the private business, business insider trading, as I call it, is about building a competitive advantage. Okay. Let's go into the last thing here. Last thing is you are in the business to find vertical business opportunities. So you might think you're in this e-commerce business to sell products, you know, to, to people, which you are. But what if you can sell more products to the same person that you did not even intend to originally? All right. So that's what a vertical business opportunity, a vertical business opportunity is selling, uh, you know, services or products to the same target audience that you're already selling to. So these are the reasons why you want to be in the game. Okay? But let's break it down, okay? Um this one should be pretty short. So, if you you have you're in a, you're in a niche. Let's say you're in a niche. Okay? You're in a niche, So you are in a... You found an opportunity to sell dog toys. Alright? You found an opportunity to sell dog chew toys. But it's a bone. It's a bone that the dog can chew on. You know, it's kind of squeaky. Makes a little noise. You know, all good, right? And then... You, you know, you, you found a wholesaler that, you know, has uh, brand recognition in the marketplace, willing to sell to you. And. Um, and you start selling them. All right. So. You realize later on. You know, you know, maybe a year later, maybe six months later, maybe three months later, you realize that, huh? So, a lot of your reviews says, you know, a lot of your reviews from customers say, "Hey, you know, um, they'd be so cool if, uh, if you had a, uh, if you had, you know, the same dog toy, but it had like, you can fill it up with peanut butter, you know." Like, you know, the dog kind of food peanut butter. And then you say, hmm, that'd be cool. You go back to your wholesaler and say, hey, do you guys have something like that? They tell you yes. And now you sell your product in a bundle. You sell, maybe you sell the original one. And then you also sell the new one that has the peanut butter in it. All right or you or you can sell it you know just sell the new one with the peanut butter that's fine too but but if if the customer values both let's say the customer values both now you're now selling two products to the same buyer uh your profits increase obviously your shipping does not change let's say your shipping does not change let's say you know uh and you got to make sure these details are um about before you place in a wholesale order is you want to you know make sure the shipping let, let, let's say the shipping doesn't change let's say it doesn't cost any more to ship both you know than it does to ship one and that's that's a, that's a huge possibility that it's not gonna cost you any more um, and um, so you've just increased your profits significantly on a per item basis, right? So now you have more people, more people will probably buy the bundle than would buy the product individually. And the people who would would buy the product individually would also buy the bundle. So you now increased your customer base with people um, who saw your product, maybe viewed it, but passed on it, but they are willing to buy the bundle though. They would be willing to buy the bundle. And then you also have the, the same people who would have bought the individual product from you to begin with, you know. So you increased your customer base, you increased your sales, and you increased your profit on a per atom basis, okay? So that's, that, is, that kind of thinking is why you're in the game, okay? That is why the name of the game is Stay in the Game because there's going to be other things outside of the original thing that you're doing that, that that's going to be the money maker. Think about it. Think about it. When you see an opportunity, you think it's beneficial, right? If you if you see an opportunity and you think it's beneficial, guess what? If you saw it, someone else saw it. Now, just just by uh, just by the nature of how things work if 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 there's multiple people doing selling the same item <clears throat> the um the the profit is going to be at a certain level <clears throat> so if you're if you're the fourth person who is going into a niche, you're going to make the money that a fourth person would make and not as a one person would make like if if there was only one person in the niche they're going to make the most money cuz this you know they have a monopoly on the price the, the customer they have no competition so they're going to uh, charge the highest price possible for each new seller that comes into the niche prices come down and when prices come down profits come down now if you're in a niche where there's supply and demand where there's, uh, there's more demand than there is supply. I mean, you found an opportunity where the numbers make sense for you. Sure. You enter into that business opportunity, right? But the real moneymaker, it's what you find out in the niche is what you find out from the customer in the, in the niche, but you find out what vertical opportunities can I, uh, uh, that can't, I can, that can that I can come up with and, in in Listen, listen. Uh, what was the episode I did? I did the episode on, on that bundle that I have, right? I have that bundle that uh, I'm gonna do six figures on. I'm gonna do six figures on that bundle, you know, in sales. And it's the same thing. I sell the, you know, if you go back, um, what's this? It's the episode. Shouldn't be too far along. Uh, maybe it's in the '60s, I think. It's in the '60s, I think. And it's an episode where I, where I think it's titled a uh, six-figure bundle or something like that. That's an example of vertical. That's an example of vertical uh a business. Customers were asking for an accessory. I went to the went to the uh manufacturer. They made the accessory for me. I have the exclusive on that accessory and half of the people who buy the product from me I, I, I sell I sell like I said on average I sell about three of the bundle a day and about four of the regular uh, the product by itself. I make uh I make twenty dollars profit on the single item and I make an, an additional five dollars profit on the uh the bundle. And um, so I make twenty dollars profit on the uh, uh on the single item and twenty five dollars profit on the bundle now um in my opinion that's my 25 dollars profit and i i I break all that stuff down in in that episode uh i'm not gonna get into that right now but anyways so yeah that's a vertical business opportunity that's what you get in the game for that's where the money is made because if you're selling something that somebody else is selling you're getting the profit that you can only get by selling that profit but here you come in you start you start getting the uh um you start uh well we have I, I had to cut it for a second that's why it sounds like this uh but I'm back and then you 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 come in the game, you come in the game, and you bring in your determination, you bring in your hunger, you bring in your wit, you bring in your desire to learn you, you bring in your desire to earn and learn, you bring in your 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 uh determination to find out how to make this work efficiently and you develop those private business insider trading traits right and then you are determined to keep an eye out and an ear out for different vertical business business opportunities that's where you start making the real money that's that's where the real money is made that's why i'm saying the name of the game is stay in the game and it's not oh Go in, make a million dollars by doing what everybody else is doing or doing what I see other people are doing, right? It's not about that. It's about coming in. If the opportunity grants profit, go ahead and profit, okay? Learn the business. Learn as you earn, okay? Learn the business. Start developing competitive advantages, And also, start looking out for vertical business opportunities. Now, all of those things, you're doing something that your competitors are not doing. And whenever you're doing something that someone else is not doing, you're going to make the most money. Right? I mean, that that makes sense, right? Because I just gave you the example of someone who's the only person in the niche. If you're the only person in the niche, you essentially have a monopoly on it you're going to charge the highest price possible because there's no competition And each person that comes into the niche is the price is gonna come down and the profits are gonna go down but if you're doing something in that niche that none of your competitors are doing that whole process starts over again so now you're in the niche okay you're in it you're in a, a provable niche that works already because you see other people doing it you're earning as you're learning you're building a competitive advantage by Uh, learning the business and, you know, um, uh, uh, keeping an ear and an ear open for what customers are saying and looking at data and, you know, looking for opportunities to become efficient. And then you are looking for vertical business opportunities and you're doing something that your competitors are not doing. So therefore you can charge the highest price possible because you have a monopoly on that vertical business not the main business you have monopoly on the vertical business you have monopoly on the bundle okay only you offer the bundle for example you know that that's my situation only i offer this bundle you cannot get this bundle that i have anywhere else you can't get anywhere else and and here's here's another thing that's, that's trippy Like there's, there's some icings on the cake that I can't get into There's There's so many nuances to all this stuff. I can't get into all this. I'd be on, I'd be on this podcast for 20 hours. You know, there's so many nuances to this because, um, I make $20 profit on that single item, right? Now I didn't always make $20 profit. I used to sell that product. Let's see. I mean, I used to sell that product for $7. I used to sell it for $7 cheaper than what I sell it for now. Okay. Yeah. I used to sell it for $7 cheaper. That's when I first started selling it. Okay. Now, it's not a product that, you know, you, you can just get anywhere, you know. Um, But sure, other people have similar items, maybe, you know, Um, but as I started getting more reviews for the product and things like that, that allowed me to charge higher prices, you know, because the marketing on, uh, on these platforms, you know, it gave me the social proof with the reviews and, 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 and and, um, what else, what else? Yeah, the reviews, pretty much the reviews And, and and the placement, the product, the product placement that they do, uh, the platforms, uh, how they advertise my product, I was able to increase my price, you know, by $7. And that has yielded me a nice return. So now I offer, now that's, not, that's what I was going to say, but I didn't feel like going into it because I did a whole episode on it. But um, but anyways, the icing on the cake is you can still probably even raise your price on that single item because you offer A bundle because you offer a bundle because what they're what cuz what customers are doing is they're locking in on you they don't see your competitors they see you so you can charge a higher price because they're locking in on you because you're offering things that other people are not offering and they know that before they even look at your competitors so now they come to you and you're able to charge a little bit more you know, maybe not seven seven dollars more on a, on a per item basis, but maybe you could charge maybe a dollar more, you know, and capitalize on traffic being sent to you because you have the reputation of having something other people don't. Even though they can find that probably that same item or something similar with your competitors, but because they have the perception that you offer something that they don't, you can charge a higher price. On, on the individual. And then you can also obviously charge more on the bundle, and you're gonna make more because the shipping doesn't change anything. You know, it doesn't change anything. As long as as long as long it doesn't really... As long as your bundle doesn't change... It, like, my bundle right now, it doesn't change how much more I work. Sure, I mean, I have to go get it. have to grab it. But, I mean... I mean... I mean, I'll take $5 in profit for just having to grab it and do 30 seconds of work i'll take that any day anyways but um that's all i got for you now that's all i got for you damn it i went too long um but it's all good um so that's it for now until next time you guys thank you so much and uh peace